Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Thursday, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? How are you doing, Vinny? Jarrett, Ruthless? I'm, I'm well. Yeah. Hope you all are too. Yeah. I'm Ruthless. You are Ruthless. Better than being toothless. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. But funny, Indeed. nonetheless. Uh, all right, before we got start, before we get started today, I just ran across this. Do you see all the stuff that's going on with the Rose Bowl? In its place with the, uh-huh, the ever changing landscape of college football. I'm not familiar with that game. What is it? Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, apparently, well done, Jared. Apparently, the Rose Bowl is like the biggest obstacle to an expanded college football playoff, which which shouldn't surprise anybody. In this area of the country, it's important, obviously, with the Pac-12 tie-in, Pac-10, Pac-11, whatever it's going to be. But this, you can't have it both ways. You can't sweep everything into the future uh-huh. and then cling to the past. And cling to the past. Because it's the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, listen, I, I think I should have known that, but I had no idea they were being this difficult. In terms of, uh, so apparently they finally said, okay, you know what? We'll give up the fact that we don't, we can't always have a Big Ten Pac-12 game. We'll give that up. Which was an issue back in Which the day was, when the playoffs started. That's it. And, yeah. and it's like, this is what's holding up progress in college sports. I just thought that was fascinating. I'm just saying this kind of like, it's okay, the Rose Bowl, you had a good run. Um, because Got I, a nice parade. I just want it to come to the point where it's never even possible for Arizona to get there. Mm. <laughs> well, you've, you've been at that yeah, point we, for a lot of years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it is the granddaddy of them all, but... I got bad news for you all. Granddaddy is dead. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Wait, yeah, that, now that's ruthless. That is ruthless. That is ruthless. And, and why would I say such a thing? I don't. <laughs> Was that a Rose Bowl related? I don't know. Probably. And how did you well, remember, I hope so. How did you remember Yeah, how did you remember that, Ferret? How did I, that come back to you? There's certain things I remember very well, and there's other things... Much you know, more important that I forget. Pressing <laughs> buttons for the show. That's true. <laughs> <And> you forget. <laughs> this has been a very transparent open. I so like it. Start the show, Jared. <laughs> the splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Hey, 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, Cardinals continuing prep for their second game against the Los Angeles Rams, and yes, we'll be shorthanded in doing so. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury again confirmed Wednesday, Buda Baker is indeed out this week, but is hopeful he'll be able to return for next week's Monday night game against the 49ers in Mexico City. It was interesting. Kingsbury said Baker injured his ankle early in Sunday's loss to Seattle, but played through it. Mm-hmm. If you watched Hard Knocks last night, it, was, the truth. it yeah. was not at least pictured or framed that way. Elsewhere on the injury report, quarterback Kyler Murray didn't practice because Ooh. of a hamstring issue, which we learned more about on Hard Knocks last night. Byron Murphy was out with a back injury. Uh, only five offensive linemen didn't practice. Calvin Beecham, Cody Ford, Max Garcia, Will Hernandez, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys was limited a few hours after practice. Hernandez was placed on injured reserve with a pec injury. He's out for at least the next four weeks. Cardinals did also claim offensive lineman Wyatt Davis off of waivers from the Saints. He was a third-round selection of the Vikings in 2021. Waived during roster cutdowns picked up by the Giants. who Waved him a week later, then landed in New Orleans where he was waived again. So it was an eventful day yeah. for the Cardinals. Well, yesterday. listen, and, and the big, broad takeaway, and I know you're about to get to this story as well, is that suddenly we're looking at a, what might be a much different football game in Los Angeles on Sunday. Yes, uh, because of the Kyler Murray situation. And for the Rams, the big name on the injury list, and they didn't have a practice either. They did a walkthrough as well. But quarterback Matthew Stafford was placed in the concussion protocol and did not practice, which is a strange occurrence for that to happen on a Wednesday. I did not watch, I'll probably watch it today, the Rams-Bucks game from last week. Bucks knocked Stafford around a bit. Uh, he got hit yeah. a lot. Eight times. So for him to get put in the concussion protocol on a Wednesday was a little bit strange. We might be looking at... Uh, Colt McCoy against Mungo Beanfield. Yeah, on that's, it, it might be. It might be Hank Cudgley against Mungo Beanfield. <laughs> no, I think this is. Listen, Matthew Stafford is probably the toughest quarterback in football. He or Josh Allen are probably at the Lamar Jackson, maybe as well. Um, it, it's pretty obvious that he played through a concussion on Sunday without telling anybody. That's pretty obvious. Yes. Because if you sh- if you roll in on a Wednesday and go, hey, hey, coach, just you know, I'm I I can't make sense of anything. That's yeah, not a good sign. I doubt Matthew Stafford's going to play this weekend, especially with this heightened climate, with everything that came yeah. after the Tua Tungavailoa thing. Great point. So it's Mungo Beanfield, man. Yeah, which the Cardinals have history of losing to him. Well, that's listen. There's there's positives and negatives in this because now there's a lot of pressure to win that game. You know, the only thing missing from that potential matchup is what Chris Streveler. <laughs> No more of him, please. Uh, week 10 of the NFL gets started tonight in Charlotte with the Panthers hosting the Atlanta Falcons in a rematch of one of the crazier games of the 2022 season, which was won by Atlanta 37-34 in overtime just 11 days ago. Imagine that, those two teams getting the primetime rematch. And if it's as good as the first matchup, we're in for something. Probably won't be, though. Kickoff is at 6-15 tonight. Uh, no Chris Paul for the Suns last night. No problem. The point guard sat out with heel sore. But the Suns dominated the first three quarters on their way to a 129-117 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. What a performance. I I did not expect that last night. No, that was uh, that was sturdy, to use Oof. one of the words that you lean on. Uh, Devin Booker, 32 points, 10 assists. Mikel Bridges was all over the place. 31 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. Cameron Payne in his first start of the year, 23 points, 8 assists, no turnovers. 
Suns will continue their road trip with two games in Florida, starting with a game against Paolo Bancaro and the Magic Friday night, and then uh, wrap things up Monday night in Miami against the Heat. Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts watching campaign play basketball last night. I cannot wait to share them with you. All right. And Landry Shamit had a good game. Landry Shamit had a good game, too. You're right. Dario did some things off the bench. It was it was almost a, a good performance by everybody. Almost. <laughs> Come on, DeAndre! <laughs> uh, the Brooklyn Nets named Jock Vaughn as their permanent head coach on Wednesday, ending their pursuit of the suspended Boston Celtics head coach, Ime Yudoka. Vaughn took over on an interim basis after Steve Steve Nash was fired November 1st. They've gone 3-2 and two since, including a big win over the Knicks last night. Uh, I think, I think um, maybe it was a, a case of cooler heads prevailing with all of the dysfunction and controversy with the Nets recently. Mm-hmm. That was not a good area to go into, even though Yudoka is a very respected and I think still coveted coach. Mm-hmm. And I also think Adam Silver probably had some some words for the Nets that's organization. Exactly, that's exactly my thoughts exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That no, he, he, he's not hireable right now. Yeah. Stop. He can't coach the Celtics, <laughs> but he can't coach you either. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Coyotes are 2-0 and on their 14 game road trip. It continues tonight in Queens against the New York Islanders at UBS Arena. Puck drops at 5.30 pregame coverage starting at 5 o'clock on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Game number two tonight for Bobby Hurley's ASU Sun Devils. Devils won a three-point uh, game in their opener against Tarleton State on Monday. Tonight will host the NAU Lumberjacks in Tempe. That game gets underway at 7. Pre-game coverage starting on the Arizona Sports app and 98-7 at 6.30. And there was one college basketball game in the Valley last night. GCU crushing San Diego Christian 101-50. to these early season matchups with these lower division teams, uh-huh. man, there was some blowouts on opening night that yeah. you, like, you would not believe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fortunately, ASU was not one of them. <laughs> hey, you got to take right? a three-point win when you yeah. can get it, man. Uh-huh. Targleton. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Texans. Uh, there you go. There's your splash for Thursday, November 10th. Coming up next, we've been talking a lot about Cardinals injuries, and now there's a potentially very significant one to their quarterback, Kyler Murray's hamstring. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Auction Community Studios. The uh, gang back together after I was absent yesterday. Yeah, how dare you? I had an excuse from my mom. Um, the Hard Knocks episode last night. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you were not here yesterday. Al McCoy was on fire yesterday. He was. He was on fire yeah. You you might not have heard it. I'm guessing you didn't. I didn't. Oh, he was great. ArizonaSports.com or the Arizona yes. Sports app. W- oh, thanks. I didn't yeah. know what I should find. You should one- subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> yes. What was his Hit great like line button. yesterday? Is I think his great line was, getting old isn't for sissies. I saw somebody right. quoted that on social media. Isn't for sissies. Uh, he was on fire. Anyways, continue. Look, I can agree with Al on that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a few years ahead of me. Tell you, that Tim Ring brought the best out of Al McCoy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. That's a joke. I knew that was going to hit hard. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
Should we have Ring on every uh, every Wednesday? Every other. We should have him on every other day this week. <laughs> let's get off. Let's this get this is hitting Vinny too hard. Let's, stop. No. let's get off this. That was actually very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, one of the uh, things that came out of Hard Knocks yesterday and from practice yesterday is that Kyler Murray did not practice. Uh, and... He spoke to the media before it became known that he had a hamstring issue. If you watch the episode of Hard Docs, which premiered on HBO last night, you know, it was featured during the game. Yeah. That there was a, a tweaking, I think was the word that Kyler used during the game, uh, on a scramble uh, before the fumble, played through it, but now you have to worry about these lingering situations mm-hmm. and his availability for oh, what is... Still an important game. I, you know, I, I think we're past the must-win thing. I, I think that the, the Cardinals just need to figure out a way to yeah, win a football game. A way game to win a point. football game. Yeah. This is um, this is this is shaping up to be a very interesting watch because, as, as you mentioned, Rams probably are going to have to lean on John Wolford or Bryce Perkins at quarterback, and so that that raises the stakes for the Cardinals. It opens a window for the Cardinals, um, and yet Kyler Murray with. A, a a hamstring injury. We've seen this before, and we've seen how marginalized he plays and acts when he doesn't have his full wheels. Mm-hmm. When he doesn't have his fifth gear, when he doesn't have mock speed, it, it really affects him. And so now, I I, I hope because we've seen this in a couple of different ways, and and I really hope this does not affect the Cardinals' offense in a negative way. It's it's got me a little concerned to be honest with you. Yeah, here was uh, the the clip from Hard Knocks on HBO last night. Kyler, yeah, after after that scramble, there's a timeout. Trainer comes on the field, and here's what it sounded like. I felt my. <laughs> so I felt my. Stretch it out at halftime. He did play through it, and, mm-hmm. and your point is a valid one, Bick. Because if you look at what the Rams, part of their mastery of the Arizona Cardinals in the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray era with Sean McVay on the other sideline, is the Rams are the best at figuring out how to keep Kyler Murray contained from a running standpoint. Uh, the last two times they've met, the playoff game last year, the first game this year, Kyler Murray running. Four carries for mm-hmm. 14 yards. He's also had a three-yard game, a zero-yard game. Um, they they have kind of the blueprint on containing him mm-hmm. uh, from a running standpoint. If he plays, you don't expect him to be full bore yeah. 100%. And, mm-hmm. and, and when you factor that in... Uh, with you know the, the the defensive strategies the Rams have against Kyler Murray as a runner, mm-hmm. you're looking at a marginalized offense even more so than it has yeah. been. And it's, it's so. And I'm I'm going over my own play by play from the game. So in the second half, there were a couple of there was a design run in the second half. Uh-huh. There was a a very effective scramble he had in the second half where he kind of slid a little bit early, but maybe the hamstring might uh, explain that. Um, so it wasn't like he completely shut down in the second half. But now that now that the injury is kind of settled a little bit, and if he's feeling it, I, I hope that they can come up with a coherent game plan that, that accounts for that. And 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 more to the point, Kyler Murray's going to have to really kind of just get some toughness to his game and be able to play well through this. And this, is, this was one of the recurring criticisms of Kyler Murray as it relates to the second half collapses the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and that is it doesn't, it doesn't always push through injuries 
to the point where other quarterbacks do. Well, go back to year two, that mm-hmm. last game of the season. I think that was the height of what you're talking about with Kyler Murray. There that? was there was some injury issue and there was some consternation on whether or not he was going to get back into the game, and he finally did. It was probably too late in the game as a desperation move, mm-hmm. but that was one of the takeaways from from that period of time was, yeah. can he play through there, these injuries? And if he can't, no doubt. what does it do to this offense? And that, I, I agree with you. I think that's been a big part of the second-half struggle. And, and then I think last year, uh, down the stretch last year, uh, it, it seemed to me that the Cardinals kept expecting him to get back a little quicker than he did. And it, it's it, and again, Colt McCoy only put, started three games, but it seemed like there were some reports that the Cardinals expect Kyler Murray bad, not this week. You know, and it was it was kind of like he's he's he hasn't been the sturdiest of guys when it comes to playing through uh, bumps and bruises, and he's going to have to do it because uh, this is. I I know a lot of people think that the playoffs are already out the window. You can make an argument that that they could rally, but if this this game is it, it, this game, obviously they have to win this game, and that has to start with the quarterback, and that has to start with the quarterback who apparently is going to have to play through an injury. Yes. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. Interesting to me because if Kyler Murray is limited in practice, you might you might toy with the idea of starting Colt McCoy if he's healthy. You might you uh, might toy with it because because Kyler Murray as a marginalized quarterback isn't always a good deal. So it's it really and again it's this is something that only be, became um, evident to us yesterday. Yes, and it's it's Wednesday. You have to also consider. Wednesdays have become a very, very scaled-down day, not just for the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams are handling it the same way with all their injury problems. This might be just, you know, over-cautiousness. Uh, we don't know because, again, this didn't become known until after the media availability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler's already spoken for the week. Mm-hmm. Cliff won't speak again until tomorrow, mm-hmm. so we won't get uh, many things in terms of updates today. I thought this was interesting, though. Was uh, You know, Kyler Murray was asked about, hey, the offensive line is banged up. You know, is there any consideration to him being, you know, subject to more designed rollouts? And here's what he said. Yeah, I, I think we, you know, we, I know, I know, you know, we haven't moved the pocket as much as we probably have in the past. Um, again, that's, you know, that's that's probably a question for them. Um, I just do whatever I'm, you know, asked to do. I'm not, I'm not mad about it or anything like that. Um, I understand, you know, the pressure and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's tough. You know, it's tough. We gotta, we gotta block better. We, our guys know that. Um, but at the same time, you know. It's part of the game. You know, it's part of the game. You know, knowing that and on that subject, yes, the Cardinals' offensive line is banged up even mm-hmm. more so this week than it was last week, if yeah. you can believe that. Uh, with the way the Cardinals have handled Kyler Murray, even if he can play, there's no way they're going to roll him out more. <laughs> yeah, it's if he's marginalized, there is no way. Oh. And, and it was it was surprising in a good way to actually see that play come out of out of the playbook last week mm-hmm. against Seattle. A lot of people think that they they should be doing more of that. It's it's a fascinating uh, dynamic, and we're going to get into this because one of the main takeaways out of uh, out of yesterday, not only the media session with Cliff Kingsbury and uh, HBO's Hard Knocks, is is exactly how much of this offensive failure is due uh, to the quarterback. And his limited vision in certain situations, rolling him out is is obviously a way to improve that vision. That is a way. A moving pocket is is what you do to help clear up the field for a quarterback. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes from here. 
Oh, definitely. Because, you know, you just look at this week. You can't, uh, the Cardinals can't bounce back from three and seven. I don't no. think many teams can bounce back no. from three and seven. Four and six, when you just look at the optics of that, how it feels. Mm-hmm. That I mean, the, you can lie, you can convince yourself, yes, you can lie absolute, to yourself. That, you can, hey, we're still in yes, this thing. Yes, we're we're one hot streak away from getting back into this. Baseball teams do this all the time. If you get close enough, to, we're, we can do this. We can do this. Don't give up hope yet. That's that to me. You know my feeling on this. It, November is a weeding out process. December becomes zombie football. December becomes zombie football for teams that are not in contention, and you don't want any part of zombie football no. because you never know who's tapping out, who's deciding not to play, who starts guarding their own interests and their next paycheck and all that stuff. It it becomes a real tough deal, especially in a, in a on a team that's as loosey goosey and undisciplined as the Cardinals. Yeah, and we don't want to see zombie football. No, pictured on hard no, knocks. no, no, uh-huh. no, no. We'll get more into the hard knocks episode yeah. too coming up. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at six twenty six twenty. Coming up next. No Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson, and the Phoenix Suns put forth probably their best full effort of the year last night in Minnesota. We'll get into the Suns' win over the T-Wolves next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. left. Noel, a no-look pass, and Gobert wasn't looking either, and it's stolen away by Biombo. Here's Craig giving it up. Bridges laying it up and in. And a timeout for Minnesota as Mikel puts the lead back to 21. He's got 29 of his own. He's a jack, man. He shoots too much. He doesn't pass him. <laughs> He's unbelievable, man. Uh, he just keeps getting better and better. That's the most impressive part. Um, confidence is there. Aggressiveness is there. And he's doing it on both ends, which is the most important part. Yep, um, John Bloom on one of uh, Mikael Bridges' steals and layups last night in the Suns' win, and uh, Devin Booker propping up his teammate Mikael Bridges, who was outstanding. Book was too, as was Cameron Payne. Landry Shamit played a great game. It was weird. I think a lot of Suns fans were bracing for, uh oh, some time without Chris Paul. Yeah, what's this going to look like? And the first time out, they played their best game of the year. Yeah, is that a coincidence? Um, this is uh, so. I had a lot of thoughts last night. I thought to myself, okay, this is exactly why um, it, there was an argument to be made to limit Chris Paul during the last couple of games against Dallas and trust campaign because campaign's got he's got something about him that when you give him. A a really big challenge. He seems to rise to the moment. Yeah, I it's mean, weird. Go back to the Western Conference Finals yes. two playoffs ago when yes. Chris Paul couldn't go, had had COVID, and and Cameron Payne got the start. I mean, people might not remember Cameron Payne was the starting point guard for games one and two, well, including the Valley Oop game. What I saw last night was a dramatic difference in tempo, pace. And look what look look what that did. They just they annihilated that team early. Without Cam Johnson and Chris Paul, yeah, you just waxed the Timberwolves. I noticed the same thing. There were a couple of possessions, and I wish I would have jotted it down. Mm-hmm. There was one possession where the ball movement was just about perfect. They swung it around side to side. I think twice before a shot went up. The shot was missed, and it led to an offensive rebound. And I don't think they got any points on the possession. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those possessions. You're like, wow, 
They are in tune with each other. Right yeah, now. and it's and it's it, it it they seem to really like the pace at which they were playing, and that's been an issue. There have been a couple of times over the past couple of years when uh, even Willie Green, when he was here, would have to get on Chris Paul, pick it up, man, come on, get going, mm-hmm. get the offense going, stop walking, move. And it's 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 been kind of a battle. There's at times when they've had to goose him a little bit to get the offense playing at a better pace, and that was not an issue last night. Now maybe it's a one off. I mean, for him to play, yeah. to, for him to start for Chris Paul and commit zero turnovers, that's pretty darn good. That's like that's like duplicating Chris Paul. That's like duplicating a younger Chris Paul. Yes, but I, I, just individually for Cameron Payton, the way he plays the game of basketball, his game is very open to turnovers. So mm-hmm. when he has those zero turnover right. games. It really stands out because he's kind of a loose player. And I mean that in the best of ways. I do think he's like, you know, Benjamin or Colt McCoy or any of these guys that he will give you a shot in the arm as a starter. But the longer he plays as a starter, he'll be exposed as to why he is a bench player. Yes. Yes. The longer this stretches out. Maybe the more confidence that gets built within Cameron Payne. So if well, you need to rely on him heavier in more crucial situations, what you, what you, you got to ask yourself, what you got to ask yourself, it's not about campaign, Jared. It's about the pace at which the offense is operating. Is it by accident that Mikhail Bridges had a bust out offensive game last night? No. It, uh, that's, to me, that's one element you need to have Mikael Bridges as a next-level scorer. You've got to have a higher-tempo offense to, to kind of utilize his unbelievable energy and the, ang- and the angles he takes to the basket. It, it put him, it put him in, a, in, a, in a slow-moving half-court set. He's not going to be as good. It's just the way he is. Yeah, he often he just plays. stands in you know in the corner, yeah. waiting for a pass for the shoot a so three. So I, I was I was tremendously impressed last night. I thought the Timber Puppies were going to go into that looking for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke of a team they are! Seriously, <laughs> they, they literally what played a an, joke. They played an entire like forty second possession with only four players on the court. No, it wasn't that long. It was about ten. But well, no. they shot they shot the ball, missed it, got the rebound, and then made a shot. Yeah. Which, it felt like forty seconds. Um, that that was that was a pretty good picture of what's mm-hmm. going on in Minnesota. You had Gobert and Towns er, both in early foul trouble. To Gobert's credit, he actually came back in and impacted the game. Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns. The more I watch him play, the more I'm just like, Oof, I just don't see it. I I, I don't watch Same. every Timberwolves Listen. game. Uh, the, we had questions when they made that trade to get Gobert. How is it going to work? And some people said, "Oh, it'll work in the regular season," uh, but it might, you know, it might not work in the playoffs. Is it going to work in the regular season? I'm reading a lot no. of reaction from that game. That team from, is never going to win. Any. Fans, the the T Wolves fans hate this team already. That team is never going to win. Their head coach is already complaining about how they just don't even play hard. They don't even play hard. No. And listen, I. I I wanted to like Carl Anthony Towns. There was a time when I was definitely in favor of trading DeAndre Ayton for Carl Anthony Towns. The more and more you watch him, and it, it really crystallized for me, was the way he just lost his mind at JaVale McGee last year. And that was the moment when it crystallized to me just how soft of a player he is between the years. That team is just marshmallow. Yeah, and then you got, marshmallow. You got more proof of that in the playoffs last year where he disappeared in a couple of games. For me, like him and D'Angelo Russell is another guy that a lot of people in Phoenix wanted back in the day when the Suns were floundering and he was available. Those those two guys are just 
empty calorie mm-hmm. guys. For oh me. yeah, it's oh, a, I'm with you. Definition. I'm with you. So uh, it, it's, and and so that that's what I really liked about last night. The Suns really came off as a hardcore connected basketball team. Yes. And and, and Monty even brought it up. Monty just did that. They had the juice last night, and I think a lot of that had to do with the pace they played. A lot of that had to do with campaign. And I'm not I'm not trying to. You know, hate on Chris Paul here, but this is that 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 last night was a glimpse of what this team can be at a different tempo consistently. Now, if they could get campaign to be that way every game, which they won't, as Jared pointed out, yes. that would be quite interesting. Do you get the feeling, though, and maybe it was it was illustrated more last night in Chris Paul's absence, going back to when Chris Paul has been on the floor this year? Do you think there's a more concerted effort? By Chris Paul, or a more conscious effort for him not to get as involved in the offense. Yes, I do too. Yes, and I, I, I I'm not sure the validity of that strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's about winning games or if it's about building toward the future, because it, you're right, it did look a lot different it last did. night, and in a good way. Yes, in a really good way. And so I, I was, I, I loved everything about the game. I loved Devin Booker's barking at the Timberwolves bench. I loved Devin Booker what he said after the game. Not just what he, not just that he was barking, that he got a technical foul, and apparently people close to the court reported that Devin Booker yelled at the bench. We play team basketball. We share the ball. <laughs> he reiterated that after the game. It's always big for us, man. That's what we stand by. You know, playing the right man of basketball. You know, we have a lot of talented guys. Even we're at full roster. Um, you know, there's really good players that don't get the chance to play that long rotation now. So everybody's taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny to bring that up against a team mm-hmm. like Minnesota uh, that doesn't necessarily share the ball that well. They've got, I think they got a D'Angelo Russell point guard problem. Jalen Noel comes off the bench for the Timberwolves and is an electric scorer, but man, the ball sticks with him. I texted to a friend last night. I said, man, I hope Jalen Noel never gets a kidney stone because <laughs> he'll never be able to pass it. And he had That's seven turnovers. <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. That's funny. I didn't even realize Noel had seven turnovers. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a good win. I, really I, good win. I thought I I thought we were going to come in here going okay. This is this is going to be the start of this basketball team kind of sagging a little bit, maybe dropping down the pecking order in the West. Uh, no, I uh, that was a pleasant surprise, man. And we'll get this in at the tail end. We don't have to focus on it, but two straight games of where's DeAndre? Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, yes. And you know I'm a big fan. Hmm. And I thought last night... Well, I'm a big fan of the DA the person. I'm, I'm going to qualify it that I, way. I'm a big fan of both. Yeah. But last night was one of those opportunities, and maybe just the game didn't flow that way, but I actually picked up my phone in the fourth quarter of the game last night. And threw it at the TV? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I checked on, on the NBA uh, app. It's like, does DeAndre have a rebound Can at you, this point? Listen, it, the fact that you even had to look that up. I know. And that's Terrible. me. I got a text from my son Terrible. who says, I only constructively criticize DeAndre Ayton, but is he okay? <laughs> <laughs> but a good win for the Suns. Uh-huh. Two more on the road trip before they return home to take on uh, Golden State next Wednesday. Innings Festival's back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so many more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and for your chance to win tickets to Innings Festival. Coming up next, we saw our first episode of the Cardinals featuring an in-season hard knocks. Some thoughts on the episode and the team next. Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Said what I wanted to say on the game uh, last night or yesterday afternoon after the game. I'll just say this. All right, we know where, where we have to go, what we have to do, right, all three phases, and there's no no more leeway, no more wiggle room in this season. All right, I'm going to point this out. This is where it's at, all right, where we sit. If you take a look at this, next three games, division opponents, all right, I will guarantee you if we win the next two, 11-21 will be playing for a piece of first place on Monday night. After all this because their schedules, Seattle's got the Bucks in us, LA's got Bucks in us, San Fran's got Chargers in us. All right, y'all saw what it was. So we beat those two teams, we'll play San Fran Monday night for a piece of first place. But I understand that? After all this, the sense of urgency has to be desperation when you show up in this building. How you work, how you act, how you carry yourself on the field, that's it. If we want to be a we can be. If I understand that, there is no more time to yeah, that was kind of the thesis statement. That's the way it began last night. Yeah. Episode one of Hard Knocks. Cliff Kingsbury laying it out to his team, which was, you know, not rocket science to figure out. You look at that schedule, you're three and five at that point. You got three division opponents. Very crucial, potentially season changing swing yep. there. Yeah. Uh, so I actually. You know, that's the right strategy. What Cliff Kingsbury did in that mm-hmm. episode of Hard Knocks was the right strategy to start that week. After that now, you wonder, uh-oh, you put your eggs in that, we have three division opponents, and if you win those first two, you're going to be playing for first place on Monday Night Football against San Francisco in Mexico City. Now you're not. Now you kind of kind of got that feeling of, uh-oh, don't you? Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Listen. So I think that, but but I do I do think in hearing that message there was a little there was some alpha in that that I actually enjoyed. Yes. And and I'll be I said this to you guys the the episode whether it was the schedule whether it was our schedule whether whatever it was I I zonked out about halfway through it I was gone. But what I saw early on in this was a couple of things. Number one, uh, I appreciate the Spartan. Look of Cliff Kingsbury's mansion in Paradise Valley. That's kind of how I roll. I like the fact that he didn't make his bed for the HBO cameras. I didn't even notice that. Oh, I did. <laughs> pillows everywhere. I, pillows everywhere. I, 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 I could relate to that. And and that clip right there that sounds a little that sounds kind of like the alpha I wanted to hear from a head coach. Now, what does that mean going forward? It is look the the, the proof is still in the product that they are putting on the football field every week. There's no getting around that. And this is also just a television show. But one of my early takeaways was, and, and not that this is surprising, but they do really care. They do really want to get this thing done. And it's it, Which, now again, it doesn't separate them from their performance, and it shouldn't come as a shock, but at least it's reassuring to see that they're trying. It sounds silly to say that, but that was one of my takeaways, mm-hmm. too. And I, it sounds silly to say it because, of course, they care. Of course People they who do. have professions but you who are like drawing paychecks. But you like to see You it. know they care. You know there's built-in pressure in the NFL. But right. to have that reminder of, hey, this is really weighing on this football team. And we got a glimpse of it from the mm-hmm. Buda Baker and Passion speech from the locker room from after yeah. the Philly loss. Uh, that and kind, you guys were right. He's, he's like the breakout star of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that after the game, he was like, I'm I'm not hungry. I'm just mad. I'm just mad. Yeah. He yeah. had anger I can't for dinner. Eat, I'm <laughs> anger for dinner. <laughs> 
<laughs> well done, ruthless. Yes, he did. So, uh, so it, again, it does. It doesn't. You can't separate a football team from its performance on Sunday. But it, it's. It, I think it was just. It was just a little bit reassuring that that there is a level of urgency that they're trying to bring. It also. It, it, I, and I'll say this on the other side, though. Just br- kind of a takeaway. It doesn't look like these players do a whole lot of listening to the coaches. I was just going there. That was my biggest takeaway from all of it, and it was really, really driven home by. The play that crushed the Cardinals last week when they get back to within three late in that game and the very first play from scrimmage on the next drive by Seattle is a 51-yard bootleg pass to Noah Fant. And Vance Joseph is beside himself while the play is unfolding, even before the pass was thrown. He's like, we talked about the boot. We talked about the boot. That that showed up a yeah, couple times yeah. in the episode. Like, all right, the message is being delivered but verbally, but it's not, it's not being carried out. And it? where is that disconnect? How right about now? it? Yes. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was something that was one of the takeaways. And obviously one of the things that, uh, that a lot of people um, are have found kind of remarkable is that DeAndre Hopkins for all his swagger and for all his absurd self-confidence and for all his glossing he, he showed a real human side in that show wondering if that PED first of all apologizing to Buda Bay or not to Isaiah Simmons uh-huh. about getting suspended yeah. and then the conversation he had with Sean Jefferson here's the discussion with Isaiah Simmons over dinner I ain't never been through anything like that so you know, what, was, what was I like like just having the viewer's perspective opposed to you know what I'm saying you have all your years in the locker room, you know, being a guy everybody look up to. I mean, I feel like I let y'all down. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I was I was more so confused in like an angry way. Like, how can somebody like myself, you know, like try to watch my body, try to watch what I put in it? Right. You know, like how this happened. I think it was a lesson in life that obviously God wanted me to go through that. I can't change, and I'm happy I went through it. It made yeah. me stronger. Yeah. But I was doing a lot of reading too, man. Yeah. I mean, I ain't never read that many books in my life during those six weeks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was also an exchange uh, with head co- or, uh, wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson uh, during practice where he's hyping up DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, saying, you're special. Mm-hmm. You, you you pick up the you, you pick up the mood, and it ended with I think another show of humility. DeAndre Hopkins asking, "Hey, can I still get into the Hall of Fame?" How about that? Yeah. How about that? And that's 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 a very interesting thing, and that's that's a that's a football player looking at the long view, and that's that's something you'd expect Larry Fitzgerald to say, you know, uh-huh. when you're at that level, because yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is clearly a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's wondering if that is going to be held against him. Yep. So you wonder if the same is you wonder if Patrick Peterson is thinking that. I found that yeah, that's that to me is fascinating for, for Luck, luckily DeAndre, you don't play baseball. I wonder what started that conversation, though, because it just cut in with Sean Jefferson just gassing up DeAndre Hopkins. There wasn't the start of the conversation. So I'm like, why did Jefferson feel the need to gas him up so hard? Yeah. Here's just the end end of that that has the Hall of Fame part. Oh, 20 years now. Trust me, man. Like, yeah, you you will. You'll be in the Hall of Fame by then. You remember me once you you get in there. You'll get in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is bad. There's no question about that. <laughs> I had another takeaway 
concerning DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. It has to do with the Kyler Murray exchange. Oh. Mm-hmm. Should we save that? Save that. Yeah, we'll, that's, we'll that's, save th- that. This is, a, this is a big story. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, there was a lot to chew on from that episode. Hard Knocks never disappoints, especially when you're, you're, you're tuned in. Like, you can watch if it's the Colts or if it's the Cowboys, but hey, this is the first time we've experienced the Cardinals on Hard Knocks, uh-huh. preseason or in-season. Uh-huh. It, it's really cool uh, to get that inside look. I uh, think it may only get better now, too, <laughs> I think the way this season's going to play out. Depends on what you consider better. Better television or better on Better field? television. Yeah, there, yeah. You, there you go. Uh, coming up next, we'll get into some of the things that head coach Cliff Kingsbury had to say. Heading into Rams week next, it's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.